Hi, everybody. This is Monica, and this is the Unguarded podcast for the Guardian Scholars Program at CSU Bakersfield. Today is June 17th, and this is, I believe, our seventh episode. We're totally still practicing, but we're very happy to have you here. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you for coming along on this journey with us. Today, I have two of my co-hosts and my, um, my workmates, and I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves to you. And then we will introduce to you our very special guest today who we're super excited to have with us. And I'll let my co-host speak. So Steve, Erica, tell us who you are. Steve Walsh, EOP director, also director for the Guardian Scholars Program in Summer Bridge. Um, happy to be here. Thanks for being here, Steve and Erica. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica and I'm in charge of the fitness and wellness for the Guardian Scholars Program. And yeah. Glad to have you here, Erica. Thanks for joining us. And our super special guest will be introduced by Steve. So Steve, go for it. Well, I'm really happy. Um, we, this is not my podcast. This is all of your podcasts, but um, ha I'm happy to be here to introduce our guest. Um, I have a couple of quick, super quick stories, you know, and they're, they're in a theme and that's that we're always fancy when we meet. Uh, President Leslie and I. Um, I was on the, I was lucky enough to be selected by the staff to be the staff representative for the hiring, uh, the search and the hiring for the new president for CSUB. And so I was actually one of the first people to meet uh, Dr. Zlesny in her, in her application phase. Um, I won't say where it was because I'm sworn to secrecy on all this stuff, but uh, we met and uh, we were all dressed up. We're all fancy. And then another recent event uh, Dr. Zlesny joined us at our EOP 50th gala, which was held down in Long Beach. Uh, we're celebrating 50 years of the, of the hard work of people in EOP as, a, as an educational force in civil rights. And it's, it's, it's such a great time to talk about EOP now and what, everything that's going on in the world. Um, Dr. Zlesny joined us for the, for the gala. And so we, I met her down there and you know, we talked to the chancellor and you know, we were all fancy again. So, you know, I think we, we are only going to really meet out of town and when we're fancy. <laughs> so, uh, but Dr. Zlesny is uh, the fourth president of CSUB, the third that I've had the pleasure to work with, um, and we're really happy to have her here. And Monica, did you want to talk about your meetings with Dr. Zlesny? I do. Before Dr. Zlesny, we ask you to tell us about yourself. But first of all, I want to say I first met Dr. Zlesny in Zumba class at the Student Recreation Center in Leah Banks' class. And I loved Dr. Zalesny because in this, we have to answer this question later, but Dr. Zalesny was dancing barefoot in Zumba. And I was like, wow, look at her. She's amazing. Like she just came in here and gave it her all. She has no shoes, she went for it. So later on, we'll talk about maybe why you danced barefoot, but Dr. Zalesny, tell us who you are, introduce yourself. Like we're so excited to have you here. Oh, you're so kind. And uh, Steve, thank you for the, the nice introduction. And, and I am so happy to be with all of you in this podcast. I'm proud of myself for being in a podcast. Um, I am just a bit about myself. Um, I am celebrating almost two years now here as president of CSUB. And um, again, Steve, thanks so much for being on that search committee. It, it was such a, a remarkable committee. And and I was really called to be here. So I'm glad that you could see that in my heart going through that process. I, uh, I grew up, uh, I have a dad who's an aeronautical engineer. And at the time I was growing up, we, uh, we moved a lot. I was very, very much a nomad with my family. My dad was a contract aeronautical engineer for many of the Apollo missions. So I lived in a lot of rocket towns and sometimes um, I was in two schools uh, a year. I am the mother of three grown children. I've been married for 40 years next, wow. next week. And um, my children are quite amazed that I have, uh, I have been invited uh, to a number of podcasts. And so I'm so, so excited and, and so proud to be here with you. But, and so for me, um, you know, it was a it was a really interesting childhood. I got to see a lot of history, but I really I I really did not have uh, a a a place that that I would call home. So interestingly, um, although I did not choose that for my own children and in, in raising them, I do feel 
that it was in a way a gift and, and a blessing because it really did make me a flexible person and it made me also appreciate how to parachute into any situation um, that I was called to um, to be part of, mm -hmm. and and find and, and find security and find and find trust and relationships very quickly. So I I think actually it really did um, end up to be a blessing for me. And interestingly, also even throughout all of the moving that I did as a child. Uh, I, I have a best friend. As a matter of fact, um, she'll come and celebrate with me um, next week for my anniversary week, and she's been my best friend for 50 years. So throughout, throughout being a nomad, um, I still was able to find, find my way. I would also say that I'm a product of the CSU. I went to Humboldt State. I have both my undergrad and my master's degree um, from hum Humboldt State. I have a MBA from Fresno State. And so I'm really a product of the CSU and I, I feel so proud to be a product of the CSU and to give lift um, to, to those that get higher education. And so, and, and have served in, in the CSU my entire life. So I really believe in the mission and, um, and mostly what that mission is, is that we are here uh, wholeheartedly for students and we we believe in what we do to transform students lives so that's a that's a bit about me um, maybe on a personal side I um, I'm a voracious reader I love to read I absolutely love the outdoors John and I love the outdoors here in the Central Valley uh, and and I, I love nature um, so uh, birds plants uh, animals and um, I see uh, Monica, that darling uh, four-legged baby <laughs> behind you. I just can't help but notice how sweet. Um, yes. So that's that's a bit about about me. That's one of three. <laughs> the other wow. two are downstairs. <laughs> yeah, totally that's cute. Yeah, and thank you so much for sharing for sharing all of that with us because that is really why we invited you. We are so proud to have you as our president and excited to continue to get to know you in the you know, in the future and the upcoming years. And we really respect how you're navigating the beginning of your time with us and how you're leading us through this time. And we're just really interested in you. You're such an interesting person. And so I think like we have some questions for you, but one that I just want to piggyback off of was a statement that you made when you said you had your MBA and then obviously went on and got your PhD. And when we were kind of not stalking you, but researching you, we noticed you had multiple degrees in many different areas. And so I was personally curious and so were my students and my student assistants, you know, what drove you to get those degrees? You have a variety of them. Um, you know, how did that take place in your life? Uh, we're really interested in that. Will you go through that a little bit with us? Oh, absolutely. So when I when I went to Humboldt, uh, I was a biology major, and I started as a biology major. I I think that I was intending to probably move into a pre med uh, curriculum, and I found out in an elective that I took uh, something very interesting. And and this is maybe a, a, a lesson for all of you to to always really listen to your heart. Um, so I had to take an elective in statistics and it was in the Department of Psychology. And when I took that class, all of a sudden I had had so many interesting classes, ecosystems, human anatomy with, you know, dissection of, of human cadavers. I mean, so many fantastic classes. Um, but when I took statistics, all of a sudden a light bulb went on for me. And it was interesting, my teacher, my professor, wrote me a note on one of my quizzes and she said, would you come by my office? And I thought, uh oh, what does this mean? But really what she wanted to say to me was, I can really tell that you love this. And I want you to know that you're also really good at this. Wow. And, and so it, it, again, it gave me that lift that I, was, I shared with you. Um, and I also was asked by her at the end of that term as an undergraduate to, to serve as her teaching assistant. Mm. Well, the opportunities just found me. So uh, long story short, I did switch my major to psychology and I became her statistics um, uh, teaching assistant for many, many years. And um, interestingly, that led into 
an opportunity to go to graduate school. Opportunities oftentimes find you and you need to be ready to say yes to those opportunities. So I hadn't intended to go to graduate school. It wasn't in my thinking. But again, one day she came to me when I was about to graduate and she said, you know, uh, we'd like to offer you a position in our, in our graduate program. Well, I was astounded. And again, I said, wonderful. You know, I haven't taken any tests or applied. She said, no, you, you know, we're just going to accept you. So, um, so that's how that graduate degree happened. But I will say that um, I have always been very thankful for the kindness of her note. And I followed suit in, in, in writing notes to my students um, when I was a professor and, and said to them, you know, um, have you thought about being a professor? Have you thought about being a researcher? Because uh, you love, I can see that this is a love of yours. And what was so fascinating about the uh, observation that she had of me is ever since I was in, in fifth grade, I remember thinking in my heart, um, my favorite class was always math. Mm -hmm. And yet there was no place for that to go because I was a girl and the time I grew up, it was just, you know, it, it's like, what was I gonna do with that? Even my dad, who was an engineer said, you know, what are you gonna do with that? Wow. And so for her, for her to then reconnect my heart to what I really had a passion for um, changed my life. So that's how I became a professor. I, uh, I went uh, then, uh, I, I got married after my, my master's degree. Uh, interestingly, I, I graduated with that master's degree during the recession, a lot like now. Um, and you commented on my bare feet during Zumba. Well, one of the things I had to do was figure out how can I find a job? And there weren't any jobs to be had. So I got very entrepreneurial. I, um, I went and developed and, and uh, applied for a franchise in Jazzercise. Maybe you've heard of that. Yes, that's the Zumba of the 80s. Oh that's the Zumba of the 80s. That's and so the 90s. So yes. I did that. I did that for years, and um, and then in Jazzercise, um, you you uh, you taught, and we we all danced in, in bare feet. Um, but I, I, just, I just my mom did it. That's I, it. That's yeah. where it came from. So yeah. that's where that's where it came from. And you know, it's interesting that even though I was a psychology major throughout my uh, career. Uh, especially undergraduate, but, but even graduate school at Humboldt, I took a modern dance class every single semester just because I needed it for my own inspiration. And, and, and again, for those of you who've taken modern dance, that's, that's all in bare feet. So to me, it's really coming home. I love gripping the, the uh, dance floor with my right. bare feet. Right. And, and I love, I love dance and I love being, I love being in group dance. So so it's, it's, it's a place of home when I'm with all of you in, in Zumba. That's how we feel. And, and Leah does a wonderful job of kind of facilitating that warmth and that we're all in this together. No one is a stranger in her class. And when I saw you, I was so happy. I was like, oh my gosh, she loves dance because I can tell you love dance. And I grew up with dance because, you know, my, I'm Latina and my family were surrounded by music constantly and it's very healing for me. And when your feet were on the ground, we talk about that connection with the ground as well when you're dancing and I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. So great. Um, okay, I'll go to one of our more formal questions because our students, you know, put this list together and they wanted to know what influenced your decision to become president here at Cal State Bakersfield. Yeah, that's a really, really great question because what, you know, I spent my entire career at Fresno State. The Central Valley has a, just a, again, I, I feel very called to the Central Valley. I, um, you know, moving around so much as a child, I, I became, really my only roots felt like my grandparents at, at many moments. And they uh, had, uh, one set of my grandparents are immigrants. Um, the other set um, were um, uh Texans, you know, very much Southerners. And so uh, I really grew up with salt of the earth kind of people, very humble, working class, you know, serving families, but also serving uh, each other in communities and neighborhoods. And um, I grew up with, with 
uh, people that served as vet veteran for the for military service and, and were veterans. So, um, you know, one of the interesting things is that I had to find a place, especially given my upbringing, I had to find a place that um, I felt comfortable and right. that I felt that um, I, I could bring something of value and that I could feel connected. Mm -hmm. And the Central Valley for, for John and I, my husband, um, we, we knew that um, the Central Valley was going to be a place that not only were we always going to have a lot of meaningful work, which we have, right? but we felt this uh, would be a great place to raise our family. Um, it's very diverse. It's, um, it's, it's a place where, you know, there's, there's many different kinds of people. And we didn't, we didn't want our children to grow up with um, entitlement. Um, and, uh, you know, it's really interesting because I had always wondered um, if my children had noticed um, the type of upbringing that they had, because, um, you know, it was very intentional on our part, but um, it's really interesting for them to reflect on it. And, and I travel a lot with my children and uh, of recent, uh, my, my older son and I were um, in the South and he said, mom, you know, did you ever think that, you know, um, you would live in the South and that you would raise family in the South? I said, no, son. I said, that's actually something that I was very much um, intentional about. I said, I made a promise to myself because of the type of upbringing I had in the South, and this was during civil rights, that I would not raise any children in the South. Um, and he and he's looked stunned. And, um, and I really had never said that to him, but um, he said, I can feel what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and then he said, I have to really thank you for putting us in schools that were diverse, you know, um, right. making sure that we were, um, you know, always taught um, that it, it's a hard work ethic that, they, that we have to embrace. So the Central Valley to me is all that, you know, salt of the earth people. And the other thing that is important is that because I really love nature, I really loved the, the unique beauty of the Central Valley and, and my husband, John, as well. So it, it, again, is a place mostly that the people called us to, um, but, but also we, we love the agricultural, uh, you know, domain. We love the Sierras. Um, and we, we are just so proud of the beautiful geography. But uh, at Fresno State it was really interesting. You know, I had a, a great career there and I loved working there. Um, and I, again, I didn't really plan, although on paper it looks as if um, I had a very linear path right. um, in leadership, it, 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 far from it. Um, those, those opportunities always found me. I, were never, I was never seeking them out. Um, I didn't even know, to be honest with you, when I started as a lecturer at, at Fresno State, that's, that's a part-time instructor. And I did that for 10 years while I was raising my family. I never even knew what a provost was. And here I would end up serving as the chief academic officer for Fresno State in a, in a very, very important role. But there were many times during my role as provost, uh, which is second in command at a university, um, where... Um, I got countless nominations, um, which is how a presidency works. You don't apply. Somebody has to nominate you, and usually it's another president. So I got countless nominations to, um, to be considered as a president at, at universities. And I turned them all down. I, I said, that's not the right fit for me. And, um, and frankly, my heart is in the Central Valley. So when President Castro, um, uh, called me into his office and said, you know, you've, you've uh, turned me down on a couple of nominations and you've always said your heart was in the Central Valley. May I nominate you for the uh, presidency at Cal State Bakersfield? Horace Mitchell just announced his retirement today. I said, well, and it took me only about five seconds. I said, that's probably the only one I would consider. Right. Um, and I knew at the time, uh, because when you uh, and Steve, you, you might know this, but, you know, to, to put your name forward, um, you know, is, is quite terrifying and intimidating. And it's pretty, pretty much known that, you know, it's not probable, and I'm 
speaking as a statistician, it's not probable you put your name in the first time you're going to get a presidency. But I just had to, uh, uh, and Steve can maybe share, you know, I just had to put my heart out there. And I, um, I, could, I could feel the fit, and I just had to hope that both uh, the search committee that Steve was on and the board of trustees saw that this is a place that I uniquely um, could um, connect and, and be a, a leader that could really um, thrive um, and, and really, really serve this community in a positive way. So um, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, uh, and what a great feeling is that. And thank you for sharing that it was a nonlinear journey because I think so many of our students who are guardian scholars or who maybe have faced some homelessness in higher ed or just an, another student, sometimes I think they become discouraged because they feel like if things in their lives aren't in a certain path or aren't perfectly planned out, it's never going to happen for them. And I love that you're sharing that part of it was choice, obviously, discipline, hard work. And a lot of it also was, you know, having wonderful people around you who encouraged you and and lifted you, right? And then part of it was just sometimes maybe that's how it was supposed to be, so. Right, and you know, I really do wanna pick up on that strand because I think that, um, you know, especially if you're a first generation college student and there's, there's not others there that can share their own experience of failure, of being terrified, um, of taking a, a risk that, you know, you're not sure if it's the right thing to do. Um, there were so many moments of feeling absolute paralysis of, you know, should I move forward with this? But it would always be um, some angel, really, um, that would find their way in my path that would say, no, you really, you really need to go for that. Um, yeah. And, um, and, 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 and it was that that made me, gave me that, that, that courage um, to, to move forward. And this is particularly so for women. Uh, you know, women, and, and this is a research, this is a research a revelation. This is not my own anecdotal thoughts. But in research, it shows, you know, women, especially women moving up into uh, professional positions, you know, we talk ourselves out of it. Um, we, will, we will go down every checklist of why we shouldn't be, why we're not qualified, why somebody else has more experience. Um, and um, I really need you to hold that in check uh, because men don't do that. Uh, and that's what the research shows. And, that, and, and that's something you should know that for every time you say, well, but I don't have that thing that they're asking for. There's gonna be a man um, that says, yeah, I don't have it all, but I'm going to still put my name in. So we have to realize that courage uh, plays a, a big part. Mentors play a big part of your journey. And that it's, for me, I raise children. I see a little, I see a, a hi, I see a, 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 a little face there that is giving me joy. So, so I raise children. Uh, along my path, you know, when I went back to get my my doctorate, um, I I was a reentry student. Mm -hmm. I had never taken the GRE. I had just had my third baby. He was an infant, not even as old as my little friend here on the screen, yeah. an infant. And yet, I had one shot again at uh, getting accepted into a doctoral program. And a lot of people said to me, what are you doing? You just had a baby, you have three children, you, you're leaving uh, your family to go to LA uh, to, to get this doctorate, you know, what are you doing? And um, I'll give a lot of credit to my, um, my husband who said, oh, oh no, you're not turning down this opportunity. We will figure this out. Um, because we had done the same, you know, he went through law school, we had our first child while he was in law school. And so um, again, don't let people talk you out of uh, moving spores. If you're a mother or if you're re-entry or if, if you know this is your shot, you've got to go for that. Thank you for sharing that. We need to hear that, President Zalesny. And that is like a perfect segue for Erica's question because we talked about 
something Erica was really wanting to discuss with you. So Erica, you want to jump in on this? Yeah, I've been wanting to jump in for a while now. Um, so in regards to uh, being a woman in a male dominant field, I was curious if there was any major hurdles that you needed to jump over or what made you feel like it allowed you to get to where you're at, even though um, you're the first female president at CSUB. And I'm searching for a career in a male dominant field as well. I want to be a strong body coach. And you mentioned um, how women talk themselves out of things. And I find myself always constantly talking myself out of being a strong body coach because I'm not a male. And it's typically um, men who have that position because they're the football coach. And so I always feel like I'm challenging myself by saying, oh, I can't do it because I'm not a coach, like a football coach or because I'm too, I'm a female and I can't lift the amount of weight that a male can. So um, there's a lot of things you said today that I really needed to hear to continue to make me push forward to try to be uh, one of the first female uh, strong body coaches here in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. So awesome. I am so proud of you for, for getting out there and going after what's in your heart because I, I can absolutely share with you, you know, I have had people in interviews. I can remember my interview in, in one of, you know, my higher um, education, you know, leadership roles where on the search committee, someone said, well, you know, you're, you're a nice person. And, you know, basically really what this person was saying was, you know, you're small, you're a woman and I'm an introvert. So, you know, you're quiet. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to do this role. Um, but what I think is really important is that you have to find the, the strength in who it is that you are. The fact that you will be the first woman in Bakersfield, there's strength in that. And you, you've got to just wrap yourself around, um, I'm going to own that. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush that. Uh, you know, that, that is calling me. And so one of the interesting things uh, that I really had as a challenge, um, you know, I am really small. I am really quiet. I'm blonde. I would say really one of the, the more significant things though I really had to face uh, was being a mother. And, you know, a lot of people would, would say, you know, well, you're going to be spending all this time doing these jobs and getting these degrees and, you know, you've got these children. You're going to ruin these children. Well, I can, I can just absolutely tell you something. The thing that, is, that gives me the most wisdom day in and day out as a president is probably not my PhD. Although I do, I do use my MBA. I do use all of my psychology background day in and day out. But the most wisdom I have is being a mother. Um, how I am able to um, be strong and, again, uh, uh, come to the table with a compassion, with a caring. And I find real strength in that because um, uh, I think that this is what makes me uh, a strong president is that I always lean back on, I'm also a really strong mother. And, um, and so I find a real energy in that. And I find, um, I find also, I find a lot of security in that. Um, because that's, that is a role that is not for everyone and not everyone is going to be good at that. So I, I really want you to embrace that. So the thing that I will also say is that, you know, there'll be a lot of people that will want to talk you out of it, but what you need to do is, uh, realize and, and coming from a family where I had a lot of people in the military. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people would say, you know, what are you doing? And I would actually just kind of come right back at them with, well, you know, you're not going to understand that because you're a civilian. And what I meant by that is you don't, you don't, you don't have, um, enough knowledge to maybe judge that on and where I'm going. And so, um, and that, that kind of gave me a little power. Um, to say, you know, this, this is my choice. Um, this is what I am supposed to be pursuing and, um, and I'm going to do it. Interestingly, and I, 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 I see your, your beautiful, your beautiful young person with us today who I'm so delighted to see. But interestingly, the people that are the most proud of who I am today are my children. 
And, you know, and if I, if I could go back to all the times that people said I was going to ruin my child, uh, that, that simply was, was not the case. Right. Right. I, I would like to comment also on your uh, childhood. So I think because you were traveling all the time and like going in and out of schools, I think it really built your confidence, your communication and your adaptability, which is something that is very valuable on CSUB's campus. Um, I haven't actually gotten to meet you yet, but I used to practically live in the rec center. And when I heard that you were actively in there, it meant a lot to me. I was like, man, that makes that woman so much more approachable. We can come up to her. She's active in the campus. And as a student, that means a lot. Because if we're ever like in a position where we feel like we need you, you're making it open for us to be able to come up and communicate to you by making yourself visible on campus. So as a student, that by far means a lot to us. And we appreciate you being out there. So I think your childhood actually advanced you. So I mean, I find it very beneficial for you. And I'm glad that you're here at CSUB and actively participating with us. And I hope I catch you in the gym one day. So you I will that day. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. You know, I, to be honest with you, uh, in, in, in that's such a lovely compliment. You know, I was, I was the child um, in the class that never said anything. We didn't have a lot of money. My clothes didn't match. You know, I got picked on. Uh, but I was pretty strong, you know, because I knew, well, you know, I'd probably be here for six months. If that, we're going to be somewhere else. Um, and, uh, and I really didn't say much. But when I got to high school, I, and one of the things I really recommend to all of you is to get engaged when you can. Um, and I love that you're, you're working in the Student Rec Center. I mean, that is one of the best places to get engaged at a university. And, um, and it, it really wasn't until I got engaged in um, a speech team and I found my voice. And I, and I do think that that still has benefited me. But you know, I had, I, had to, I had to really learn from being the quiet girl in the class. But I, I agree with you. I think that what some people would see as adversity that I had to move so much. I mean, literally, um, I moved every year of my life um, until uh, I got to college. So I know all of you can really resonate with that. And, you know, I didn't know any different, but uh, I do think it was in a way a blessing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It can be. And obviously it has been for you. And now you're one to us. So that's awesome. Steve, did you want to ask any questions? I know we want you in on this dialogue. Yeah, it's not so much a question. That's uh, more of a comment. And it's you know, looking at, you know, working with the students in our program, both in EOP and in Guardian Scholars. And we always talk about that transition post-graduation. You know, that's a, a huge focus that's been your passion and in your job, Monica, is not just turn these students loose once they cross the stage, but what is the plan? What, what are you going to work with? And, you know, I know a lot of our alumni, GSP alumni tuned into the podcast and Amelia's uh, a GSP alumni who's, who's helped, you know, created the podcast practically. Um, I think it's important, the lessons that Dr. Zlesny is laying out here, and the, the two things I would summarize it with are, are risk, because you don't get anything without risk. Um, you know, as a saying I got from a, another EOP director, and that's if you do what you did, you'll get what you got. Uh, meaning if you just keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're not gonna get anything new. Nothing, nothing good is gonna come your way. And I think Dr. Zlesny's story about her life is, is an example of that. Um, that you have to take a risk. And that, that presidential search, as she mentioned, I don't know if that's the military background, if it's just a military background combined with all your work as a, as a provost, uh, to know your people well and also know exactly what they do. Uh, to me, that's, that, that's, that's, that's bringing strength and leadership to the campus. And uh, it's a good, really good example for our students. It's like, you have these people you've connected with. If you graduate, don't just disappear off the face of the earth. Keep those connections. Maintain the connections with the faculty. Even that one faculty member who just wrote a nice note on your paper may be a key into grad school for you. So um, there's a lot of lessons there, and I hope our students uh, take that with them. Thank you, Steve. You know, those bridges, you know, they, they are, they're golden for you. So I am still in contact with that, that professor who wrote that note to me. She has just retired from Humboldt State. She spent her entire career there. When I had her, that was her first year of teaching in a university. She just finished her PhD, but I'm, I still am in contact with her. So again, when these people come into your life, 
um, realize the gift that that is. Um, and you, you really do not want to look at it as anything but a gift and that that could be a potential mentor. That could be a, a potential uh, person that could, could uh, be a reference for you for a job. That could be a person that could, that could say, I've got, I've got someone that I know of that is exactly the right person for that, that position. And also just remember, just as um, human beings, you know, having, having, having the gift of uh, people in your life that support you and see your, your talents um, and who you are as a strong person uh, is, is, sub, is something to, again, celebrate. Mm -hmm. I want to... Um... I want to speak to that for a second because I want you to know how Erica and I know each other. Erica was my student in one of my English courses that I was teaching many years ago, I think eight years ago now. And she would see me walk into class with a vitamin water every day that I was teaching. And she would harass me, come with me to the rec, come on, come work out with me. I want to train you because she was beginning to personal train and, you know, work in the rec. And I was like, you scare me. I can't keep up with you. There's no way I'm too old for that, you know, and she harassed me and harassed me. And we became great friends after that, obviously, after we taught, you know, I was teaching her and, and we began to work out together. And then I saw her at the rec and began to take classes. And that is how she's here today as our our wellness expert for guardian scholars is we connected many years ago and then it just right Erica that's how you and I became friends and colleagues and workmates so sorry you, I have a child on a major okay. meltdown right now <laughs> don't worry huh? I was just telling our story about how we met Yes, that one, man, I literally did. I seen the vitamin water and I'm like, me and this woman, we're going to be friends. <laughs> I was like, literally, I'm like, come on. I literally told her every single day. I'm like, let's go to the gym. Let's go to the gym. She kept turning me down and turning me down. And then one day she popped up in my class. And it, was, it was like two years. It took her probably like two years to come to me. And finally she did. And then since then it's been like this. So, and she's helped me lead um, me to where I'm at today. And she's helped guided me. So I actually built an amazing friendship out of one of my um, very first educators there at uh, CSUB. So she set, she set the, the line for me. She set the bar pretty high for anybody to, you know, really be there for me. She, she's up there. Thanks, Erica. Um, well, we have, um, we're going to move on from this part of it, President Zelesny, but thank you for being so transparent and sharing all that with us and being so encouraging and perfect timing, perfect words for, I think, everything that, you know, many of us are going through right now, particularly our students who need to hear that. But we want to have a little bit of fun because the next segment of our podcast is a segment where we share tips and tricks or picks of the week. And so we all come up with something that has been inspiring or influential to us this week. And, um, Anybody want to start? I'm open to anyone starting with that. I can start. Um, okay, my tip of the week is we are all trying to stay hydrated right now, and we really promote wellness and you know proper nutrition and just doing the best we can with what we have. And so I have been experimenting with making my own electrolyte water because a lot of the you know electrolyte water that's offered to us is is full of preservatives and things that are not that great. So I, I didn't do this on purpose, but Erica has challenged us to make our own fruit waters, but not just blended, like really like compressing them ourselves. And so this week I made watermelon water, which has a lot of natural electrolytes in it. And I just blended in my blender. I squish out all the pulp. I save the water and I have them in mason jars in my fridge. And I did a different flavor last week. The watermelon one is phenomenal and I made it myself it was super cost-effective and really healthy I bought organic watermelon so I spurged a little bit there but it's natural electrolytes in my system every day and I make them for my son as well who's 19 and he just downs them and throws them back so that's my tip of the week if you need to stay hydrated and we should during this time and you can't afford maybe a juicer or you don't want to go out and spend a lot of money you can make them yourself at home that's my tip so anybody else? I'll share a comment yep. on that one. You can do cucumber and pineapple and compress those. And you don't think about blending those two together. 
but a cucumber and pineapple is amazing. So that's my comment on her juice. Yes. Yeah. My husband makes me a green juice every morning and he also uh, puts in um, Erica cucumber as well as spinach. So I love that. And, and the pineapple gives it a little bit of a little bit of a sweet. So yeah. Um, I want to share a quick tip. Um, you know, it's been a really uh, tumultuous time in our community and in our nation. And there's a lot of pain um, and trauma uh, that people are feeling. And um, one of the things, and I'm feeling it, uh, particularly for our students, um, because this isn't really a moment, it's, it's a movement. And, and yet we, we have to find uh, ways of, of staying positive and, and again, uh, moving moving forward in ways that are supporting one another. But one of the things that I have been such an emotional time and it's so easy to feel very down or upset. And, and I, I myself was feeling uh, that for our students. And so one of the things I decided to do was to manage that. I, I purposefully um, make a to-do list of sending words of kindness so who can I send some words of kindness to today? Um, and um, I'm already planning my words of kindness for the weekend for, um, for Father's Day. You know, who would be surprised by a text from me um, with some words of kindness? And I can, I can tell you that um, it really does ease that, that feeling of upset and, and anger and, and negativity um, to know that you're really purposefully moving forward to, to uh, try to touch someone in a kind way. That's that's my tip for the day. I love it. Such a good one and 100% true. Awesome. Steve, tip, trick, or pick of the week? Okay, this is, this is going to be completely incongruous with everything you've been talking about, but it's what's been getting me through the past three months of uh, isolation and uh, social distancing. Um, and the weather's been really beautiful. I don't, I don't, you can conspiracy theorize and say it's because nobody's driving and like the shutdown made the weather more beautiful, but it's just been gorgeous. Like Bakersfield is not like this. I've lived here my whole life. It's not, you don't have nights in, in late June where it's like 65 degrees. So anyway, what it means is that, you know, my garage is actually habitable in, in the evening, you know? And so for the past three months, I've been, um, learning how to, and, actually doing it uh how to repair a four cycle uh, lawnmower engine <laughs> not not what you're expecting i know but it's one of those things like you use a lawnmower all the time but you don't have any idea what 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 it does right like i know what it does it burns gasoline and everything but i had this old lawnmower it wasn't working like from 1970 something and i watched some videos about how you know people take dismantling them what it takes to do it and with a few simple tools you can actually get an old thing to work and to me it's it's cathartic because you get to go out and do a little bit of work every night and then like you actually get it to start and you're like oh my god I, I got this thing to work again cleaning the pistons out and the, replacing the valves and like replacing the oil and just bringing something old back to life repainting it you know it looks gorgeous now right um but i think it's a metaphor more than anything it's the only reason i bring this up um because i think it speaks to society we don't get to get a new society you know what i mean we have to repair the one we have um, it was created a long time ago. Our democracy was created a long time ago. And we don't have a chance to like, fly to Mars and start up a new so social system. We have to repair the one that we have. Um, so my, my advice to everyone is take something that's old that you think doesn't work anymore and try to bring new life into it. Um, it will make you feel better about everything. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Erica? Yes, I actually have two tips. Um, one is to comment on Zelezny's um, were her acts of kindness and um one of the things that i would say is that don't be scared to reach out to your friends during this time i'm sure they would love to hear from you so like giving them a simple phone call and like checking in randomly whenever you're feeling down it'll lift your spirits and lift theirs because you might be you know the one that makes their day during that downtime and then my second thing is is i know that we are all on quarantine but like um, Steve said about the weather, don't be scared to go out at night when the sun's getting ready to go down and walk slow, look up at the stars, look at the moon, and really look at your neighbor's houses, look at their birdhouses in the front yard and 
we've been blessed with the opportunity to slow down and see these things that normally we're in too big of a hurry and in a rush because of the way life was where we had to go to work every day and like the daily activities were a lot more um cost 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 worthy of your time so now that we have been blessed with more time i just say to get outside and walk around when the sun's going down wave at your neighbors you know and see the people that normally you're in too fast of a pace of a life to slow down and see so that would be my advice is just to get out at night maybe give netflix a break walk around and then maybe tune into your to your netflix and hulu mm-hmm. absolutely yeah yep i agree erica i've been saying hello to a lot more people on the street than i normally would i'm like hi hello good morning get out I'm, i just need connection and even if it's from our social distancing just to see faces and say hello I've become much more friendly lately, so. So will I, and this is completely off topic, but they have officially put um, a robot in our Walmart. There's a robot driving around the Walmart, and I'm like, there goes less communication amongst the people. I mean, that's completely off topic, but it's not something I wanted to see. No, we need that. Okay, President Zelensky, our last (laughs) one with you, and then we're gonna leave you alone. Um, we have some fire questions for you and it's just a series of like 10, 12 questions and short answers or however much you want to elaborate on it, but we'll just go for it and we won't comment on your answers at all. Okay. All right. First one, what is the best thing that happened to you this month? Best thing that happened to me this month is that I, uh, I got to, uh, be, in uh, a place where I got to look at the ocean and and to to take deep breaths and um, I spent a uh, our four day weekend I made a goal of walking five miles every day with my family so that I I racked up twenty miles in in a four day a four day time outdoors and in, enjoying nature. Awesome. When are you most inspired? Oh, I'm always most inspired when I am with uh, people that um, care about each other, that uh, do amazing, innovative things, and that that also just um, use their words in ways that that touch me. Awesome. What is your favorite dessert? Chocolate. Okay. Favorite holiday? Well, I'm born on Christmas Day. Um, but I will say that my husband makes a really big deal out of, um, Valentine's day. And he always buys me these little crazy little stuffed animal things. And, um, he's done that every, every year, um, since I've known him and it's, it's pretty funny and it's, and it's very endearing. So you have about 45, I bet. Say again. You have about 45. Yes. (laughs) Okay. If you could shop for free at one store, which one would you choose? If I could shop at one store? For free. For free. You know, I am not a big shopper. So I would, I would have to say it would have to be a farmer's market. Okay. What event in your life would make a good movie? Oh, so many. Um, I think, um, let's see. I, you know, it would have to, it would have to probably be, um, something related to motherhood. So, you know, I, with three kids, you know, there are adventures. So um, I, I would say something related to motherhood. Awesome. What did you want to be when you were 12? When I was 12, I wanted to be a mathematician. What is your greatest achievement? Oh, well, my greatest achievement is being uh, a mother and a, and a wife and a friend and a president of CSUB. Right. Um, best advice you've ever received? Probably, probably the best advice I've ever received is um, just, the, just the wisdom that I hear uh, in the words of, of Martin Luther King. Uh, being, in, being a child in the South and of course witnessing um, his movement um, and his amazing you know, uh, writing. Um, but the best advice that, that I heard f- through him um, was uh, life's most urgent question is, mm. what will you do for others? Mm. Great question. Okay. Cats or dogs? Oh, both. 
What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? <laughs> um, going on a, a walk on Halloween um, with then uh, one of young men that were on my floor um, and, and uh, I was on the study floor, so kind of boring, um, but he came over and he said, I'm gonna walk up the old, uh, the old uh, lumber road, road where, um, and he said, it, but you know, gonna do it in the dark and it's Halloween, you wanna go? And um, I said, oh, okay, I guess so. And so um, I didn't know that um, he was a jokester. I didn't really know him very well. He was a jokester, but he was also trying to get to know me. And this is my husband. So ha Halloween is kind of fun to us because um, he asked me to walk up the old, the old lumber road and um, he planted people up there to jump out and scare us. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I would hold his hand on the way back. He's smart. I was spontaneous. <laughs> Very spontaneous. Okay, last fire question. What can we do for you? Oh, you know, uh, students lift lift me in every way. This is this is uh, again why we are here. So, what what you can do for me is to share your smiles, to share again how we can stay connected, and how how again we work together as as partners and collaborators to really make the world a better place. Thank you, President Zelesny. Um, first of all, we wanna thank you so much for spending so much time with us today and for just being willing to be here and let us pick your brain a little bit, let us get to know you, and maybe for even to get to, for you to get to know us a little bit better as well. We look forward to supporting you and working with you and um, just being present in your journey here. We're so incredibly grateful for you. Um, I want to say thank you on behalf of everybody who helped put this podcast together and the content, our student producer, Jordan, Eric, our guest, Steve, our director, all the team behind the scenes, and just thank you for being here. Um, any final thoughts you want to leave us with? I just want you to know how proud I am of all of you, how proud I am of your path, all of the things that you have successfully overcome. And, and again, there's no better inspiration than your own journey. So please remember that we're here to support you and leverage your strengths. Thank you. I agree 100%. And so for those of you who are listening to our podcast, um, please follow us on Instagram at CSUB Guardians. And you can find us on Spotify at Unguarded CSUB Guardians. And we look forward to seeing you and having you listen to us and sharing with you again next week. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Take care, be well, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, wait, before we go, everybody, oh. it is Monica's birthday. So happy birthday to Monica. Today's her big day. We can't come out of this podcast without saying something. Thank you. Happy Thank birthday, you. Monica.